Thanks for tuning in to My Weight Live, the podcast where we talk to medical experts about the latest research and how you can apply it to reaching your best weight. If you'd like to learn more, visit us at myweightwhattoknow.com or search My Weight What to Know on Facebook. We're always posting new articles, videos, and tools that make living a healthy life easier. Tonight, we're talking with Dr. Mary Forehand, the Scientific Director of Obesity Canada, about advocating for ourselves and getting the care we need. If it feels like you keep hitting roadblocks trying to get the support you need, this show is for you. Dr. Forehand, it's truly a privilege to get to speak with you tonight. Thanks so much for being here with us. Oh, thank you for having me. It's my pleasure. So you're the Scientific Director of Obesity Canada, which is Canada's leading obesity charity. Tell us about Obesity Canada's mission. So Obesity Canada has been around for, for more than 16 years, and I was so fortunate to be a part of sort of the, the groundswell behind it. And uh, so our, our mission and values really haven't changed much over those 16 years, except to become more refined and, and I think more um, common commonly known across Canada for sure, and hopefully nationally and internationally as well. And we, we really have a vision um, for a day when people affected by the disease of obesity are really under understood, they are respected, and they're living healthy lives. And that's really a, a core mission that has been consistent through Obesity Canada. And our mission is really to, to work toward and with people living with obesity to improve the quality of life of, of Canadians living with obesity. And if it benefits beyond our borders, we're, we're really excited about that as well. So we're dedicating this episode to the concept of advocacy, how important it is to advocate for our own health, and we'll certainly talk about that, but also why advocating on behalf of everyone living with obesity matters too. So let's start off by talking about what advocacy is. How do you define it? Well, I think advocacy, when we think about that, is really... Um you know, having a, a goal to empower change and to influence policy and doing that with and on behalf, and in our case, individuals living with obesity. So I think that's sort of the, the broader picture of advocacy. Dr. Forehand, in 2020, the Canadian Adult Obesity Clinical Practice Guidelines were released, which was a very big deal globally, and Obesity Canada played a really important role in developing them. So tell us, what should the people watching at home know about the guidelines and why they matter? From the beginning, there were core values that were instilled in, in our advisory team in terms of what we wanted the guidelines to be. Who who were they for? And they were originally started to, to be for um, the medical network. So for primary care teams and networks and physicians to really help provide some guidance on evidence-based interventions and approaches. But we wanted more. We wanted more than, you know, how to treat obesity and what the best science is behind that. So that's certainly a core part of the guidelines. But we also wanted to provide that lived experience. So what was incredible is that, you know, it didn't take much call at all to to, to reach out and, and ask for people to participate, to share their stories, and also to guide the authors. So every chapter, and I believe I should know this off the top of my head, but I think there's 16 to 18 chapters. There might be a couple more. Um, every chapter had a uh, individual living with obesity who was part of that team. So each chapter in the guidelines also has a section or recommendations that's um, geared towards patients, that they can take this advice when they are visiting with their family physician or their primary health care team. So it's it's bringing information to the visit, to the appointment. Some of it might be advocacy in nature and how to self-advocate and raise the conversation with your physician. There's also recommendations in each chapter that individuals living with obesity can 
can take that science and apply it to their own lives. And uh, to me, that's an incredibly unique um, component or aspect of the guidelines. So there's a lot of conversation about an initiative that Queen Latifah is part of called It's Bigger Than Me, and it's really focused on combating weight stigma and bias. And it's wonderful to see that as the stigma associated with obesity often keeps people from advocating for themselves. Talk about the work that Obesity Canada is doing and has been doing for a long time around reducing weight bias and why this is so important. Yeah, well, I mean, we, we've started with uh, influence education that uh, healthcare professionals are getting. So trying to get into the curriculum in, in programs uh, across Canada and, and really using, there's some great resources that, that have been developed by numerous scholars and educators across across the world, really, and pulling those into to curriculum. We're also really trying, um, and I think doing quite well at trying to influence policy. So taking, making connections between the impact of weight bias on economy, on uh, social um, health in, in communities, on the experiences as individuals and how weight bias impacts an individual, but then also has an impact on that individual's ability um, to access healthcare. And when we block access to healthcare, what we're doing is actually creating more expense in the healthcare system. So when we can start to connect how weight bias impacts individuals, which is important and valuable, but where it starts to shift policies is where we start to see the impact on economics and participation in work and school and, and all kinds of things that are important for citizens to engage in. Weight bias can have catastrophic impact on the health of an individual, but the health of society as well. So quick question for you. Um, let's define weight bias for someone watching at home who might be like, what do they mean by weight bias? Yeah, so weight bias is, is I mean, you'll see variations of definitions, but the core of it really is, is when um, beliefs and attitudes towards an individual are, are developed and applied simply based on a person's body weight. So, for example, if I were to believe that people who have a, a body a certain size are, you know, X, Y, or Z, if those things are negative, th then that would be a, a simple example of weight bias. Absolutely. And, and as simple as that is, if, if, if as a healthcare professional, just by way of example, we know this to be true in the literature, is if I have a perception that an individual living in a large body or an individual living with the disease of obesity, and they're two different things sometimes, one does not always mean that, that the disease of obesity is there. Um, if I have a, an expectation that that individual is lazy or not intelligent, it's going to change the way in which I interact with that individual. My expectations are going to be lower as a healthcare professional. I may simplify the information that I share. I may withhold information that I share. OBC Canada is really working. We're not the only ones doing it, but we're really proud of the work that we're doing is making sure that anything that we do, we are looking at the impact of weight bias and opportunities to influence that or make a change.
So let's say that a person is working with a doctor who hasn't come across the wonderful work of Obesity Canada, and they do have some weight bias. How would you recommend that they advocate for themselves with that doctor if that's what they're experiencing? Yeah, that's tough, right? It's tough when you're in a power dynamic relationship, particularly, you know, if you're a patient and you're talking with with someone who holds maybe a gateway to some some information or services that you need. Um, it's it's really important to to be able to, inst- and we use this in any kind of conflict situation, is is to raise with the individual the impact of their behavior or their assumptions on you as an individual. So, for example, we'll often um, encourage patients to to say, you know. It's interesting you're saying that my weight is all about me eating too much and mo- not moving enough. And you, we might say, okay, well, that's their perce- that's the perception, that's the knowledge, is to be able to reflect back and say, I can appreciate why you might think that that is what's causing my obesity. But actually, I've learned from reading, let's say, at the Obesity Canada website, that obesity is actually not that simple. And that there are more complexities. And as a patient, I'm really interested in learning a bit more about those complexities, as challenging as that may be. And I really need someone to work with me. And I hope that that will be you. So encourage people to reach out for resources. Um, Bring a family member. Talk to somebody. um, Prepare ahead of time. Yeah, they, they, they can be intimidating conversations. Well, I love yeah. the idea of bringing a family member because often just yeah. having that support, even if that person doesn't say anything, yeah. it, you know, it is kind of often I will have a conversation that I wouldn't, I would kind of back out of it. But if someone's there, it's like, okay, I need to do this. I'm committing to myself. And you just kind of feel that silent support. And I, I, I do think that that can make a big difference. It really can. And, and sometimes it's just a matter of opening up the conversation. It may not be as bad as it's built up in your mind. And if it is, and I know this isn't easy to do with scarce healthcare resources, but find another practitioner. If it's not a good fit, find someone who's going to listen. And that may take some time, but it's worth it. So I'm going to ask you a question I've been asking all of our guests of late, and that is, why is starting to treat obesity as early as possible so important for kind of our long-term health? Yeah, I think I think it is. And, you know, at what point that is, is going to be very individual for on an individual basis. And so if anyone's watching this or anyone's sort of thinking, well, I've been hesitating going and talking about this with my doctor, please go and have a conversation. It doesn't mean um, that you're going to come out with, you know, oh, here we go, I'm going to be, you know, handed a food guide and a diet and all of these things. I'm hoping that that won't be people's experiences, that it'll be a conversation. It'll be developing a care pathway together with your healthcare provider, your healthcare team. Um, and it's uh, it's an important process to start to start early. Now, having said that, if, if you're watching and, and that's not something you've done and you've been putting it off, don't, you know, beat yourself up about that. Don't be hard on yourself. You know, getting help at any point is really, really important. But when we're looking at primary prevention and and, uh, and management, that is important to get there soon. Dr. Forehan, Obesity Canada has a lot of amazing patient ambassadors, several of whom we've had the privilege of interviewing on this show. Tell us a little bit about what these ambassadors do to advocate for people living with obesity. And if someone watching at home is inspired to volunteer, how can they go about that? 
Such great questions. So, uh, and again, in case you haven't picked up on it, I'm incredibly enthusiastic about our, our partnership with people that, with lived experience. Um, so in terms of uh, roles of our ambassadors and, and uh, members of our OC Connect community, um, so many roles. And so there's something for everybody. So um, as I'm a, I'm a scientist, I'm a researcher. And so one of the ways that, that our ambassadors really help out is being part of research teams. So it's not uncommon for a researcher or scientist to reach out to OBC Canada and say, you know, I'm, I'm writing this grant or I have this research question I want to develop or I have a study I'm launching. I'd really like some people with lived experience as part of my research team. I've often worked with individuals as part of our OC Connect community to meet with uh, politicians, with policymakers, with key stakeholders, uh, making decisions about what's included on benefits packages for extended health benefits that we have in Canada. Um, and so bringing an individual to tell their story, to, to talk about the importance of of shifts in policy that might be to reduce weight bias, that might be to increase access to healthcare services or, or treatments. We'll bring individuals along with us and really partners on the team. Wow, Dr. Frohan. Folks, if you are interested, and I don't know how you could not be after listening to that impassioned description, we will put a link to the Obesity Canada website where you can learn more. The Obesity Canada mission has two main components, Dr. Forehan, reducing weight bias and promoting evidence-based obesity care. So far, the access to obesity treatments is pretty limited in terms of insurance coverage. Why is that? And, and what is Obesity Canada doing to change that? Yeah, it's, you know, it's better than it used to be. So we'll start on on a positive. I don't want to, you know, negate some of the progress, but we had, we do have a long way to go. What Obesity Canada is doing is we are, as I, as you know, working with our ambassadors with OBC Canada is really trying to influence policy. Policy around access to building spaces and places that are accessible to people in large bodies. To be able to advocate with benefit companies, insurance companies, to include obesity treatments in their coverage. Um, and to, to really show the evidence attached to the value of providing those services and the overall good that it's going to do for the workforce, for the community, for individuals' health. Um, it's not just a nice thing to do, it's actually a necessity. And I think we're also really working hard at, um, you know, destigmatizing um, obesity and making it seem as it should, as a legitimate healthcare issue um, that is important to address and quite frankly, shouldn't be a choice. So true. And I have to say, my one thing that I'm taking away from this wonderful conversation is that things are changing. We're headed in a positive direction. It's long overdue, but we're getting there. <laughs> we are getting there. And I think, you know, we've had these conversations that are around sort of the admin, administrative table in the boardroom at Obesity Canada is that we, we feel that we've gotten it to the point where obesity is recognized as a chronic disease, not as much as maybe we'd like, but we feel we've spent a lot of our energy doing that over the past few years. And we've make, made some headway in that area. Now it's time for action. So let's stop debating whether it's a chronic disease or not. It is. So let's move on and let's treat it as such. Let's make um, choices and options available that fit with that chronic disease model. And those already exist. So let's have obesity as part of that. 
Wow, Dr. Forehand, thank you so much for joining us tonight. I so appreciate your very illuminating and inspiring perspective. Oh, thank you so much, Ainsley. It's been just an absolute pleasure to be here. Take good care. Good night. Thank you.